BYOT. Bring your own tacos. Dick swinging. Swinging. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast. We can say fuck. We can say fuck. With Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. I don't care if it's spoken. This is cool. That's a decent amount of sausage. This man sure. needs a doctor. Yeah, I just hope they're tasty. What's up with these clowns, man? Cut the lights and went through people's pockets. Don't you point that at each other. Let them smoke a little. You need to like step it up to that point. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna lead with the. We're not gonna lead. Uh, no. I had a band back in. Oh God. Because it was 95. You know, I'm an old man. I'm like 41. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Yeah, <laughs> we're right behind you. <laughs> so um, it was called Beautiful. And the, re- the name of the band was like the opposite of what we sounded like. And that's, that was kind of the whole point of, <laughs> of the music. It was like nasty jazz punk noise sort of stuff. And we booked a, a little... A little tour it might have even been just like one show i can't remember but we played in like houston i think we're out in new orleans so it was a you know five or six hour drive and uh, i think my sing my lead singer had a big bus so we or like a, a big van so we used that as our little tour bus and went down and played some show in in like the uh at a at like an art museum you know with okay. some, I think we we like oh, like uh, the the opening band was just a whole bunch of guys in a circle playing drums, you know, like one of those kind of shows. And circle was, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, a little circle. Do the wave. Drum off. Yeah, <laughs> circle and, uh, drum off. <laughs> it was a, it was a very odd experience anyway. And so we're driving home. We didn't even stay the night. We went did that. We're driving home. It's like three in the morning and we see something in it's like one of those parts of the highway interstate where there's no lights at all but we see something in the medium in the median and so it looked like a truck had flipped over so we pull over and we're the first ones on the scene and it, it this truck had flipped and it was this big group of like of like kind of douchebag party guys that had <laughs> that had all packed in the back of this pickup truck oh. and the truck had flips and there was like 10 or 12 guys just all, all over the road oh god bless oh, them they were Jesus it was hor- it was horrible Jesus. because there was like one guy had his arm ripped off oh and 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 one guy's just walking around in a daze covered in blood Holy and fuck. And my, my bass player ran up to the guy with the arm ripped off. He took off his belt and made a tourniquet right there. And, and one, you know, one of the other guys, this was way before cell phones, but I think that we started like flagging down cars and, and I run up to this one guy who's literally laying in a pool of blood of his own blood. And, I go up to him and I start doing CPR and I start praying for him. And I'm just like, I'm laying hands on him, like, like praying, like, Jesus, please heal him. God, I've like, please Lord, like, I like, 
raised this guy from the dead. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's like, damn. I, like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, you know, like going back to my Catholic years of, of, of school and like, God, I just want you just please. And no, this guy was dead. This guy, I remember like I started doing CPR and, and he started breathing for a second. I'm like, holy shit. But then just blood just started spewing out of his mouth. Oh, and yeah. And it was the, it's one of those experiences in your life that like changes your life, you know? Yeah. Shit gets like, real after that. Yeah. yeah you know, I, yourself. yeah, well, like got back in the car and literally I'm from my knees down, I'm covered in this guy's blood. Holy and, crap. And it was, it was just one of those moments that like, you just realize how precious life is and like how mm. finite life is and just makes you rethink your life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also <laughs> to wear your seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also not to pile up in the back of a, of a truck, you know? Yeah. But I could, all I can think about is like a whole, a whole like city's life changed right there. Cause that was yeah. like, 12 people it's probably all from the same neighborhood probably all like like families that knew each other yep. and yeah god like yeah just, man. just like hug your loved ones you know <laughs> like right and be happy with like be like in the moment like love the people around you because you just never know you know yeah right. yeah you can be having the time of your life and then that happens because obviously they're yeah. having a good old time and then yeah you know exactly where did anybody survive like how bad was the real outcome? i have no clue i mean there was a couple of people that looked like they were still alive but who the hell knows i mean they probably yeah. live with that shit to this day you know yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy shit so yeah, hey that's, that's a great story for you <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, i've got to say that's a that's a real way to start the show uh <laughs> welcome to the Black podcast as always i'm matt and I am Jesse, and today we are joined with, we are joined by Joe Badon, director, uh, writer, editor, a uh, man who well, witnessed his life <laughs> fall between the fingers of fate. Oh, this is, man. It's starting yeah, out intense yeah. here. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, man. Hey, no problem. Thank you so much. And uh, now I do want to say that I I wasn't the editor on the film. Okay. I, I guess I was kind of co-editor maybe, or maybe just kind of like the guy that stood in the corner while the editor edited and okay. said, okay. could you change this? Let's try this different. I am now, you, the I main like, editor was, the was uh, Joseph Estrade? Yeah, he still won't tell me how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> okay, coming. so it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. I said, is it Estrade or Estrade? And he's like, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, okay. sure. Like Eric Estrada. That's like what yeah, I exactly. go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I have no idea, but he did a fantastic job on the editing. So. Yeah. And, and the uh, movie that we're talking about is the God inside my ear, which is uh, your baby. It feels like. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. You know, it's just something that I've wanted to do for so since probably a teenager, you know, when I got really started getting into movies heavily, you know, I've always wanted to make a film and, and, um, it's not like the only story I ever had in me. It was just one of those things where I finally, you know, I turned the corner of 40 
and talked to my wife and I was like, you know what? I, this is like one of those bucket list things where I need to make a movie. And so yeah. she was like all on board. And so, you know, I, I don't know if y'all, you guys are writers or anything. Um, but usually if you're doing a podcast, you're probably got your hand in a bunch of other things too but we I dabbled in writing some scripts yeah. <laughs> but you know how it is like you got i mean i have like a shelf full of ideas mm-hmm. and oh, so yeah. just kind of you know what i mean so i kind of oh, just yeah. picked i picked the easiest one that i had on the shelf you know and kind of went with that worked the way at it okay yeah and yeah. do you, do you want to give sort of a synopsis of uh of the film sure yeah um so the movie, it's kind of hard to summarize, but uh, true. <laughs> but, but um, I had to do it a couple times for like IMDb and shit. And so yep. the, the closest I can get to it is that it's a young girl by the name of Elysia who gets broken up with her boyfriend named Fred, who goes off to join a UFO cult. And after that happens, she starts hearing visions and are hearing voices and seeing visions and having all sorts of weird experiences. And so it's kind of her quest to figure out what all these experiences mean. And, and, and so that's what ends up happening to the rest of the story. And the visuals throughout this film are, are incredible and like really like interesting in the way that the, the symmetry in a lot of the shots, uh, the editing, the use of multiple uh, frames on the screen at once. The, the odd transitions. There's a lot. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot to draw the eye, man. And it definitely will it'll keep you peeled to the screen. That's for sure. Some trippy moments we, in there, man. Oof. Yeah, thanks. You know, this was basically like um, like throwing spaghetti on the wall sort of thing and everything that could would stick stuck, you know, and that's mm. kind of what I was doing. I was trying to just throw everything at this movie. Like, this is the only movie I'll ever get a chance to make. So I'm going to put every idea that I can but it seemed like it seemed like precision spaghetti throwing because <laughs> yeah. uh, you you uh you know did a lot of the storyboarding uh or yeah. all of the storyboarding for like every shot in the movie um which became yeah. your playbook it seemed like oh totally well especially because we shot it in 13 days wow and we, and we spent eight thousand dollars and we spent a couple a little bit more on the afterwards like because we had to buy a little bit of rights for songs and we had to we spent a little bit of money on sound on a little bit of sound work okay on the end so it ended up being a little closer to 10 grand total but, but still still, still it's yeah yeah but as far as like before post-production everything it was eight thousand dollars um and so because of that, we were on a tight schedule with no money. And so we, we had to make sure every shot counted, that we weren't wasting time. We weren't sitting around trying to figure out how we were going to line up a shot or how this story was going to, or this scene was going to play out. So I made sure I storyboarded the entire film. And I, and I had done that for a living, like, because I, I, um, I'm a full-time, you know, freelance artist and, so I did storyboards for, for movies and TV shows and shit. And so, um, so I knew what to do there. And I knew that if I didn't have that, that we would end up probably spending like three times the amount of money and time on it. So, Absolutely. The, yeah. It's like what an ounce of planning is like a pound of production or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, completely. It's, it's so true. And, and like, you know, I have, you know, worked on, on movie sets and, and also like done stuff. Like I was a youth pastor for actually, Oh God, 12 years. And during that time I, we did all sorts of uh, stupid shit, like <laughs> vacation Bible schools and all this, like, you know, like uh, plays and, True. A lot uh, of all that you probably went into that. And yeah. And so like, I had never done that stuff, but, but like just, you know, like here, you're supposed to do this now. Like, Oh, okay. Now I got to <laughs> figure out how to run a play or do a musical or some crap. And so, uh, and so like, that was like actually great learning experiences for doing this movie. Uh, Cause you just learn how to like get all that shit prepared, how to like make sets and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. True. How long did the actual process of this film, you were talking about the tight schedule, but sure. is, was it truly eight days? Oh, it's 13 days. 13 it was days. Eight, oh, okay. Eight, I'm excited. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Oh, no, it's fine. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, that was, that's just for shooting. Now, like as far as, well, you know. Yeah, of course, it, production, yeah. Right, right. It was, it was, um, took me about three months. Well, I wrote the script in three months and then it was about three months of, of finding the cast and crew and also we uh, doing table reads and auditions and all that stuff. And also in that three months of also finding all the locations and all the, the pre pre-production stuff. Okay. And then it was, it was 13 days of shooting. Um, it was actually, so you could say 14, but it was like basically 12 days and then two half days. So I'm kind okay. of taking those two half days because like two days that were like one was four hours and one was five hours. So I'm just considering that one day. Right. That's yeah. Four hour day is not a day at Still, all really. Considering how, how traditional movies are shot. I mean, it's, this is an hour and a half film. You know, right. the big Hollywood budget one is going to be months upon months oh. you know, in shooting mm -hmm. alone. I mean, that's yeah, what made well, you cram it down with the storyboard. The time you probably put into the storyboarding is what really saved you, though, like you were saying. Oh, absolutely. Well, I had my AD, um, the assistant to the director, Aria Mickenberg. She just basically kept the book open, the storyboard book. And when we finished shot, she'd circle it in red and we'd go to the next shot. And so, like, at the very last day, we were able to like, like close the book and look, we'd able to look through the entire book and see every shot was circled in red and we were done, which was a great feeling. Oh, wow. I bet. That accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> hell of a checklist. Yeah, <laughs> man. Completely. So then, so it was 13 days of shooting and then it was six months of editing. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Which is just freaking nuts. Yeah. Editing seems to be the, uh, the least fun and in the most time consuming process for, uh, for the film <laughs> could be frustrating. Totally. Yeah, totally. yeah. And it wasn't necessarily something I could just hand off to, to Joseph, mm -hmm. my editor for uh, mainly because he didn't want to edit it without really me being there because this wasn't necessarily you, you, you seeing the film, it wasn't necessarily a traditional film where it's just like, Oh yeah, this is a drama. You know, you just throw this shit together and just make sure everybody right, like wide, medium, know. close, wide, medium, close. Yeah, like. exactly. But yeah. There's like all sorts of like inset shots and all sorts of trippy, have not, you know, hallucinogenic scenes and mm. 
there's lots of like visuals that are were in my head that Joseph, the editor, wanted to make sure I got it on the screen. You know, like the uh, one that comes to mind is the scene with the uh, shapes and the gnome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I actually, as like I a put, still frame, that could be like a a piece of art too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was. Um, uh, I love Dadaist um, uh, art and um, video, and Dada was a movement back in the twenties, where it was basically art with no meaning, and okay. so. There, the, a lot of the, if you look up Dada animation on Google, on YouTube, there's a lot of just shape animation. It's just like these guys back in the twenties and they were just like, you know, it's just back then they were fascinated with somebody just, Oh, a walking animation. Like it was just fascinating for any kind of animation, but they were like animating cir uh, circles and squares and triangles. They were just doing all these shape animations. And so I wanted to do something similar in this movie. And so, um, so I create, I did that whole little animation. It wasn't hard. I just did it, you know, created it. And um, I used GIMP and I used, um, what is that? Fucking iTunes. I mean, Apple. Uh, movie. iMovie? Not iMovie, but the one above that, whatever that is, film, whatever. Oh, Final Cut. So, oh, oh, Final Cut. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Final yeah. Cut. And I just kind of moved shapes around, you know, is all I did. Yeah. And then afterwards, Joseph was like, this this scene doesn't make any sense. And so, <laughs> I was like, what are we going to do here? He's like, well, why don't we add the gnome inside of the triangle? And it'll feel a little bit more, like, connected. So, like, that made it even creepier, just that gnome inside. Yeah, man, that's... Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Jesse when when I was watching that part, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, man, it's it's a little out there." <laughs> I was like, "This is trippy." Oh my god, yeah. That's when I said trippy earlier. I was thinking of that fucking no, man. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah, and that, uh, and you know, I and I created music for that little scene. I did some of the music, and it's all just in in a in Apple Garage Band. You know, just me fucking around in that program because I'm I'm. It's funny because I'm a total, I'm totally into DIY sort of low yeah. budget. Uh, I love like lo-fi sort of shit. And it was funny because I was originally going to shoot the film myself. I was going to just, I was going to like buy, uh, buy like a, uh, an iPhone and just shoot it like, like tangerine sort of thing. Where I'm yeah, just, I know tangerines. Like, yeah. Yeah. As like lo-fi and on the fly as possible. And then Daniel Waghorn, my cinematographer, contacted me and he's like, you know, I'd like to check out the script. And so I, he read the script. He said he wanted to film it. And, then, and as you can tell, his cinematography is like freaking gorgeous. It's really like good. so lush and beautiful. And it reminds he me of like Wes Anderson in certain shots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I was, it's funny too, because that wasn't something he like necessarily wanted to do. He wasn't. Well, he wasn't opposed to it, but he definitely came from much more of a of like a document documentary sort of style, and so I was kind of like wanting to do these very, very flat shots, and it was yeah. always kind of like like I had to like go back and use Wes Anderson, like I want to do Wes Anderson style shots for for some scenes. So yeah. like all the department store scenes are all very exactly. flat. That's what I was thinking of like with the cabinets and how they, it was like symmetrical on either side mm -hmm. and the person yeah. was placed right in the middle. 
Yeah, totally. And I was totally going for Wes Anderson uh, uh, feel for that. And that was actually, it was more of a Jared Hess feel. Okay. Uh, you know, Napoleon Dynamite and stuff. Yep. Uh, especially there's a, the, uh, I was thinking of the scene where they go get the, um, the suit for prom. There's the deleted scene uh, where they actually go to the, to the Goodwill and buy okay. the suit. And I was thinking about that scene, the deleted scene where they actually go buy the suit and they actually steal the suit from Goodwill in the, huh. awesome. but, um, uh, and I just love like the guy behind the counter is just some, this non-actor that just like talks terribly. And I loved it. I loved how <laughs> kitschy and dumb it was, you know, but that's so like a, to, that's like a Tim and Eric thing. Where oh, completely. Like, oh my gosh. Normal people. Dude, have you been, have y'all watched bedtime stories? Oh yeah. Bedtime stories was yeah. out there. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's like blew my mind. It's like exactly shit I want to do. Yeah, like actually, this, yeah, that that would be fun to come up with. The, God, it's like it's like their version of Twilight Zone, and right. I love it. But anyway, so um, yeah, so those department store scenes were were very much like Wes Anderson, Jared Hess. But and also, it, they were if you put them alongside the scenes at the end, the the brightness of those compared to the darkness towards the end yeah. of the film, it's mm. it's like a nice juxtaposition. Mm. totally i really wanted this movie to go from like uh slow burn and funny to chaotic and crazy and i wanted to have like a kind of a roller coaster feel where you kind of go up the roller coaster and then at the end you go down and you're just it's fucking crazy you know yep I think you definitely pulled it off, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It definitely is a ride this movie. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking unexpected where it ends up. Like you yeah. have such, it's not like a crazy twist, but it's like unexpected, you know, I think you did yeah. that well without pulling the whole crazy, like, Oh my God, what a twist, you know, like it was, it was. <laughs> and, elegant. and after, after seeing it once through, I, I feel like it, you definitely baked certain things into this uh, writing Mm. that it deserves that second watch so that it's like oh that oh right. okay i see yeah yeah i i was definitely worried about it uh about that you, uh, people picking up the second watch like picking up things but uh i actually did uh we did a screening with some people that had watched it one time already mm. we just did it the other day and they had come up to me and said you know watching it a second time we picked up on all these clues that we just yep. didn't notice before and and I think it's because there's so much weird imagery thrown at you that there's definitely like the idea where you think, oh, none of this is just weird for weird sake. And then the watching the second time you realize, oh, no, these some of these things really do mean something to the story. You know that uh, to put that to like something that also recently came out, um, hereditary kind of. Yeah, I feel like there was some some things like that kind of tied back in that way in, within your movie as well. Like where with the referencing and how you think it's just nonsense. Yeah. But it all yeah, sort of ties together. Hereditary was great with that. There was plenty of things that I was watching. I was like, Oh, they're just trying to like cutting the bird's head off and right. Like, like things like that. And like, Oh, they're just trying to be creepy. Uh, and then by the end you go, Oh, Oh, that's what it is. I think about you ever seen Kung Pao. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like, at the end, he's like, stars above. You know, like, remember that? <laughs> stars above. <laughs> it's so stupid. I love it. Oh, That's a classic right there. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, I wanted That's to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, like. Oh, God, I'd like my family, like all we do is quote that movie, like all the time, like yeah, shut rip off. And uh, <laughs> God, there's so many stupid. You mistrained him purposely as a joke. That's hilarious. So you see, you seem to have like a, a really funny sense of humor too. Like with oh. uh, Tim and Eric Kung Pao, stuff like that. Yeah, totally. And it was funny was like writing this script I uh, I wasn't meaning to make it into a comedy. And it's not like The Room where, like, I'm trying to be serious, but it's just, like, so bad it's, it's funny. But it's, like, more like I, I'm very sarcastic. And I'm, and I'm, like, always thinking of, of jokes. And then pretty much, like, half the lines in the movie are me just being sarcastic. And I didn't really even put it together until we started filming it. Okay. And we're, 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 you know, everybody's acting the lines and we're all cracking up on this, how like, how <laughs> stupid, like most of the lines are. Cause I'm, I'm just like, can't help but, but write sarcasm into every piece of dialogue, you know? <laughs> I picked up, I picked up on that a little bit. I wouldn't say it was overburdened with sarcasm though. Yeah. Or anything. <laughs> in my mind it, i was i was being probably more sarcastic than it even comes well, across but you'll always be your hardest critic yeah <laughs> yeah yeah totally um but you yeah, know i definitely like to inject i my favorite movies are movies that don't take themselves too seriously but um but still might have like some contemplative things you know, inside the story. Like my favorite movie of all time is True Stories. It's a movie by David Byrne. And uh, the movie is, it's a comedy. But there's all these like heavy um, commentaries about society and about, um, uh, you know, finding love and about like uh, big business and corporations and and all these things and what happiness really means and all this sort of stuff. And, and it's all weaved oh, in there wow. like huh. real heavily, but the movie is really sarcastic and really funny. Wow. I haven't <laughs> seen this since I was like a wee bitty lad. I can't even yeah. remember any of this, but I, I, the one thing that John Goodman in that blue suit, I know this. Yes. John, I think that was his, his acting debut. Wow. If I, remember correctly but and he's like so freaking hilarious in that film but um yeah yeah it's got a good yeah, rating so, too so yeah yeah so i i always have to like have that sense of humor in there and that mm. when movies take themselves too seriously i just roll my eyes you mm. know and cringe almost man yeah you know? totally like, and also also i love the idea of of mixing genres you yeah. know like where you know i mean hollywood has figured this out there's always a romantic part in a movie and there's mm -hmm. always a comic relief because they realize that um that's the that human condition it, yeah it, if it's just it's straight really action matter. just straight horror or whatever that it just gets boring but they add those things in like romance for you know if the guy's taking his girl their girl's gonna watch it for the romance the guy's gonna watch it for the blood you know 
the kids yeah. are going to watch it for the comic relief. And so they have all these different like little aspects, but, and, and so they figured it out, but they do it terribly. And mm. Hollywood usually does it terribly because they feel like they just shoehorn that stupid shit in there. Just fucking shove yeah. it right in there. Just yeah, you know, like, make up a scene and put it in the middle. Yeah, you know, like it's, it's, it's very frustrating to watch like a great action film. And you know that romantic like scene is like just shoehorned in there just to make uh-huh. it make everyone happy, you know. But I do love the idea of mixing genres and, and – and like, you know, having a sci-fi horror comedy that's psychedelic, you know, this is like great. It's like the only way f- that I think is the only way for us to move forward in cinema. It's kind of like, you know, how like um, uh, with food, the only way that you, the only new food is like fusion, like they're doing American and Vietnamese and True. you know Mexican fusion now you know and so it's like a way for chefs to kind of get out of the rut of just doing one style and, and yeah artists and in general blend and borrow usually yeah yeah totally and that's the only way for new new genres of music pop up is because you know oh they took reggae and they took you know you know jazz and all of a sudden you have whatever you have you know some sort of rock thing or you know whatever yeah and so it, it, it's the only way for for new genres to pop up and i i feel like movies are the one thing that they don't do it enough of and, and it's the only way to discover new genres i think is to mix genres together so and do you do you think that like uh the way that you can put a movie out now like without a big per, like a big production company behind you and like a network or anything like that. Do you think that lends to opening to that kind of creativity? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because now you don't have to worry about like these producer investors that were, are going to make you fall in line because you have to make a movie that sells. You can go out there with no money and just make the movie you want, you know, yep. but the problem with that as well is now that there's a shitload of movies being made every year. It's like crazy amount of movie. Like, oh, yeah. like back in like the nineties, if you made a full length film, you're going to be able to sell that film to some distributor. Like even it, if, even if it's complete garbage, you know, I mean, clerks is a prime example of like this, you know, he just put this film Super together. Max, right? Right. Exactly. And now that's like, that's like kind of one in a million, but still, even if any guy back in the nineties were to make a full length film, they could sell it and actually make profit from it. But nowadays, like it's funny, the distributors that I've got that have gotten a hold of me are like, like one guy, one distributor wanted me to pay them $10,000 to distribute. Uh, my <laughs> it's like, like that's wait. not how this works. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and, and what, you know, then, and then most of them don't want to pay you anything up front. They just, they're like, we're going to pay you when, when we make money, you make money. Like, okay, sure. <sighs> and, and it's funny because like, uh, it doesn't take much to just read article after article about these guys who, who were like, oh, sure, you're a distribution company. Here's my movie. And they never see a dime. Huh. And that that happens like every story I hear. They they never see money. 
That's so like that's putting your, like, your final product out there and getting no return on it, really. Yeah, totally. So that's. I mean, we the, do that with the podcast, but we're yeah. we're schmucks, so yeah. no one should follow <laughs> us for business advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's also like when you spend two years of your life like putting something together and spending all your savings, and then it's like. Hey, you know, we'll give you a thousand dollars. It's like, wah, wah, Ooh, you know? yeah. and so that's kind of the place where I'm at right now. It's very strange. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a exciting time for films because anybody can make a film, but it's very depressing because nobody can make money from a film right now. Right. Mm, yeah. and, and you've been uh, going to a lot of film festivals uh, with this film, right? Yeah, we're finally getting into film festivals. We've been submitting for months, and of course, you have to wait months to to hear back. And it was probably the first two months of hearing back was like rejection, 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 Ooh. rejection, which is very normal. Um, okay, but but uh, it was funny because I was sitting around waiting uh, for for like you know, like I didn't know what else to do just just spend money and and you know, put my movie into festivals. And so then I decided to just one day Google film festivals are a scam. Just Google. <laughs> and all these articles came up and article after article was, was saying, if you want to get into film festivals, then you send an email to the film festival and say, Hey, I want to get in your festival. Here's my trailer. Um, give me a, a fee waiver to get in for free. And you'll okay. get, into, you'll, you'll have like, it's like, like three times more of a chance to get into film festivals. So, wow. and so I was like, okay, I spent all my money, all my budget, uh, like uh, my, my submissions budget. I spent a bunch of money submitting. So I decided I'm going to do this. So I sent out hundreds of emails and got into, uh, well, I, I got about 80 fee waivers. Oh wow. Uh, oh wow. Of film festivals. And then I'm starting to get into film festivals. Like the ones that were I got in for free, I'm getting into. Because fantastic. Like, it's it's kind of strange. Like I'm realizing, oh, I'm I have to hack this. I have you have to like hack everything just yeah. for things to work. Like yeah. the way that 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 you're supposed to go about it is never the way that actually <laughs> succeeds it's like no no no, no. you're following the instructions and so another kind of hack that i did was was um i was waiting around to get into festivals for for um reviewers to review my movie because you get into festivals then reviewers see the the um see it at the festival and they review your movie that's like the traditional way to do things. Okay. And so I was just like, I'm not getting into festivals. I'm not getting my movie reviewed. It's just sitting there. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to, I literally started just emailing. Like I probably sent out thousands of emails to, to reviewers. Wow. And, um, that was one way how I got in touch with you guys as well. Yeah, um, through Instagram. That's how we, and, so yeah. we can make contact with a lot of people actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. But most of them are, I'd never hear back from, you know, um, the, the vast majority. Um, but then, um, but then guys like you you actually, (laughs) (laughs) then guys like you actually dig the, 
the the uh the trailer and actually oh, like dig the yeah. scene. And yeah. and so you actually want to check it out. Like and so instead of like some reviewer that might see it at a festival, like you guys like check out the trailer, you you're you're into it and and um and it's and it's something that you want to check out instead of like, you know, being forced to sit through something because you have to do this for for the online magazine, you know. Good point. Yeah, true. Yeah. And and so um and so you're excited for it. And so because of that, I got reviewed in Scream magazine and got reviewed at comiccon.com and and a whole bunch of like decent like websites that are, you know, online That's magazine exposure, yeah. Yeah, and because of that, film film festivals contacted me and was like, "Hey, I see that things are happening with your movie. I'd like to check it out." Uh, and so it's just yeah. it's it's goofy like the the silly games you have to play just to like see like to make it seem like something's happening. You know, yeah, you got to yeah. do what everyone else isn't, I guess. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And so, but it's cool because then, like, like with you guys you saw it you watched the movie you really dug it and so yeah. you're excited about talking about it which is fantastic yeah man we love like we're in the same boat like we're doing we're always creating we're always working on something and so like when we see something like this a movie like that like you put this grind into and you could tell it was a lot of work it's not just thrown together like a lot of these movies you'll find that i and uh just we appreciate so much of what you did you know like with putting in the work to this the art of it you and know, the fact that you reach out on your own. And yeah, and that too. Like, this is some. This is my my art here. Yeah. Like, check it out. Yeah, That's so much more. A... Like, if I saw it as a sponsored mm-hmm. advertisement, I probably yeah. you know, I'd breeze right past it. But the fact yeah. that it's sent to me from that person. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, I had I talked to a few like sales agents where I could have like I could have just pawned this movie off to a sales agent who would have mm-hmm. done all this all this work, you probably would have never gotten contacted because they would have only been going to like variety and they would have been going to like, mm-hmm. you know, all these big shot guys who they don't give a shit about the movie anyway. Right. Um, um, but um, they would have. So anyway, uh, like I talked to a few sales agents, a producer rep, like some guys wanted me to pay them. Some guys um, were like the, 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 the main thing was basically like, we'll represent you and you'll probably not get any money for it. Uh, but, but I'll make sure you get distribution. Wow. Yeah, I'll make sure you get distribution and I'll make sure you, uh, you know, you get promoted basically. I'd be like, so you're a sales rep and that's your pitch to me. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yes, totally. And like, you might get your money back. Like, Oh, I might get $8,000. Thank you. Wow. This is fantastic for all your work. And then you'll take 25%. That's oh, fantastic. Man. I love this. So then I just said, screw it. You know, I work like I, I, I'm, I sell art out in New Orleans. Like that's what I do. Yeah. I literally sell art on the street. That's what I do for a living. I've and seen so, your Instagram too. You yeah. have some really cool drawings on there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, but anyway, so I was just saying that to say like, that's all I do. And besides that, I go home and hang out with my wife and kids. And, and so like, I get, I, my wife will tell you, I'm get super bored if I'm not, if I don't have a project. So yeah. I'm like, well, I'll just make this my project of like, of doing interviews and getting reviews out there and, and, and mm-hmm. like, 
and, you know, being my own sales agent and just do that. And say, um, I'd much rather like, I trust myself, but I don't trust this guy from Los Angeles that I've never mm-hmm. met. Like who's probably got like, like 40 other films that he represents and doesn't right. really even care about my film. That was another thing too, talking to these, these, uh, this one guy, he, you know, I sent him the movie and then he, I talked to him and then after talking to him for a little while, realized he didn't even watch the film. Oh shit. Like, he, like I'm not even sure if he watched the trailer. What wow. a dick. And I was just like, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. What a dick. Yeah. Like, so you're going to like, talk to a guy like, yeah, I watched it, man. And like, not even fucking watch the trailer. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so, so your film's about oh. puppies, right? <laughs> I saw a dog in the trailer. <laughs> right. This is like one of those Nomeo and Juliet movies, right? Like it's got a gnome in it. You just fuck yeah, right. like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a totally family friendly. You know, <laughs> they love dogs. They'll love this film. All right, we'll contact you. <laughs> right. Totally. So, yeah. So, like, you know, it's just, I know I trust myself and. Mm. You know, with, with my art, when I first started, I had to do a whole, whole lot of bullshit and just to pretend like I was like, I knew what I was doing so that I could get freelance work. Mm. And so I'm basically kind of doing the same thing with this. Like, Hey, look, everybody knows about this movie. Right. And like, you know, like, look, like just drumming up, you know, like drumming up, uh, you know, buzz, you know? And so, so that's what I'm trying to do right now. And it's actually paying off. We got into film quest, uh, just a, f- a few days ago. And that's like one of, the, one of the biggest film festivals in the world. It's in the top 50, and, awesome. uh, which was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Like I got the director contacted me, the festival director. And he's like, you're in. And I was like, Holy shit. Like this is a big deal. You know? Now, when and does so, that take place? That's, um, Oh, hold on. September 11th, which oh, is wow, that's coming up. scary. Yep, it's coming uh, up. Now, are you going yes. out there? You're going to be out there. I, I am. I'm definitely going out to that one. I was kind of waiting to see what if I get into any big ones. So got into that one. It's in Provo, Utah on September 11th. And Man, yeah, awesome. going out there. We're going to do a Q&A afterwards. And yeah, it's gonna, it's exciting. Jesus. How many, how many films do you know are going to be like in your category? Like... Shit ton. Um, I think that the, like at that festival, I think there's like ten films altogether. So oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's not. It's That's not bad, good, man. That's, That's awesome. Really yeah. good. Wow. I I know it's pretty exciting. Jesus. Yeah, man. It's like uh, owning a sports team and it makes it to the finals. I know how you love the sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go bear. Ah, man. <laughs> uh, real quick, I want to touch on this. I, uh, I I have assumed that you're a Star Wars fan because I saw you did a, like a little piece on you know behind the scenes on the movie, and then yeah yeah because I had watched Absolutely. that I watched that and uh, then I watched the film and uh, I noticed you snuck a Star Wars reference in there, man. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, was that like a before even creating the film? You were like, I'm gonna fucking put a reference in this film. Like, was that like one of those? Or you just like writing? You're like, you know what? Fuck it. This fits. Yeah, no, totally. It was just like <laughs> at the moment. I thought oh, that not premeditated Star Wars. Fan. Yeah, this okay. making funny joke. I okay. mean, I like, dude. I grew up watching Star Wars so much. My dad had a a beta 
a Betamax machine. Oh, wow. And, uh, and this was before Star Wars ever came out. He got like a bootleg copy of Star Wars. Oh, and um, it was like one of those guys, you know, one of those things where somebody actually videotaped it. In the <laughs> you hear people like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I watched that until literally it was just snow on the screen because there oh, was wow. so, I watched it so much and I'd still my dad said I would sit there and watch it and just watch the snow and every once in a while the 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 the, the video would come in and and I would watch that little set chunk until it snowed out again <laughs> and, so, and mm. I and I lived by watching I watched the behind the scenes of of the trilogy probably like 8,000 times. I think it was called SPFX. Okay. Was, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I watched that thing over and over. So I, I probably star Wars myself out like, cause by the time the new ones came out, I was just like, okay, like I watched them, but I, I had, I like have eaten so much star Wars in my life that I, if I never <laughs> eat star Wars, it'll be fine. You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Especially, it's a whole different thing. The new ones, especially. Yeah, that's. I mean, whole, they tried. They try their best to make them feel like they're like old and like in the written yeah. film. But Last Jedi was pretty good. Yeah. I. I, I really liked the Last Jedi, but yeah. I can understand why people didn't. But what I loved about it was that they burned the whole motherfucker down. That's yeah. what. I loved. <laughs> Absolutely. They said. They said you guys that want it. Want us to just keep making rehashed uh, original trilogies? Because that's what I hated about about um what was it Force Awakens? Because mm. it was just a rehash. It was a total rehash of the first three movies, yeah. and this one literally burned down the story. Like burned the tree down. Said not like the Force is for everybody, and that to me was beautiful. I thought that was a a wonderful thing. But you know, it's a cool way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great, but it was also like it's funny because, um, you know, I like kind of went through uh, like a, a a time where I was like real fervent uh, conservative Christian. I was basically like kind of in a cult, basically, and kind of getting out of that was watching the Last Jedi was like this kind of thing where I saw like parallels where where Yoda was like, basically like, look, this thing is not just for the Jedi. This is for everyone. And, and like have a sense of humor. I mean, he's laughing about it. Like, like right. he would in empire strikes back. He was like the old empire Yoda. Yeah. Like, back again. And just kind of like, let's burn it down and give it to everyone. And, and it was, it was beautiful. But anyway, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so you're, you definitely know your star Wars. It seems like, <laughs> Yeah, totally. Now I don't know the expanded universe. These guys, like when when I sell out at, at out in New Orleans, these guys that walk up and want to talk to me about, you know, book twenty seven of the <laughs> expanded universe with like Darth Farthead or whatever, and I just have no idea what the hell they're talking about. And so I'm not, I don't know any of that shit. It's like you yeah. said something about Count Dooku, but actually, um... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There was this one Darth guy that lived on a planet and he could control planets and he just made his own planet. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm lost, man. Yeah, totally. I'm like a gnome in a triangle. I have no idea what's going on. Exactly. You are too wise, young Jedi. (laughs) Well, uh, I I thank you for uh, 
providing us with some of your time. We, we appreciate yeah, uh, you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for watching the movie and, um, and, uh, and having me on. watch it again, man. It needs a second watch. And it's one of those, I, there's <laughs> a lot to pick up on in the beginning. I like, I want to look for it now. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if y'all want to ever want to discuss it further, like I would love to be on again or, if, or if y'all just like email me and be like, Joe, like, I don't get this. <laughs> so all. I have a theory. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. You know, so, and, Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was, uh, well, I was just going to say, you know, with this movie, one thing I'm, I'm trying to tell people as well is, is like, um, I want everybody to kind of come up with their own conclusions about things, you know? Okay. I definitely have my own ideas of what I, I believe it means to me personally, but I think everybody's personal interpretation should be like the correct interpretation. Okay. You know? And because mainly because, you know, I've always hated it when I've watched a movie, I love a movie and I'm just like, all like, I understand what it means. And then I watch a interview with the director and then they tell you what it means. And then you're like, Oh, that's not what I thought. Like, it shit. <laughs> yeah. A different interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of ruins the personal interpretation that you had, you know? Yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah. I think it's, I think, it's, yeah, totally. And then it's no longer like your own. You know, it's like, that's the great thing about movies. You watch them and then you like personalize them. And then you like, it like has personal meaning. But when someone dictates to you what that meaning of that piece of art is, then it no longer is your personal meaning. No longer, you can't like, like grab it and own it. Like it's like like a a question on a quiz. There's a right answer and a wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Just what you feel. Totally. And that's, man, movies have changed my life through the years. Like you, you know how it is, or like a song, you like listen to a song, you like, especially in high school, I'd listen to a song, read the lyrics and it would like, I'd be crying and be like, this is is great. (laughs) This means something to me. And then like years later, you find out that it didn't mean that shit at all. Those guys were just like, they had just, you know, like taken heroin and they wrote the lyrics about you know, I don't know, some shit they were thinking about. It right. didn't mean anything what you thought it meant, you know? Yeah. So, a personal interpretation, I think, is like the, it's like the spice of life. It's like what we have worth living for. So, so whatever y'all's personal interpretation is, is the truth. But uh, yeah, if you ever want to know what it really means, uh, what I think it means, <laughs> I can tell if you. If I ever want to break the illusion. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, anyway. man. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's, it, it goes with life. I mean, we're all just stumbling, trying to figure our way through this fucking shit. So, I mean, yeah. why not with the oh, movie oh, try to figure out what the fuck it is, you know? Yeah, totally. It's a mini, uh, mini adventure on your own, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, totally. where can people get the film? How, how do they get a viewing of this? Sure. Right now, you can go to the website, thegodinsidemyear.com, and we're updating for, with screenings across the world, really, I guess. Um, awesome. right. You know, so you can go to screening section. It's just, it's just all one page and we have a section with screenings and we're always updating when we get new ones. I've submitted to like 120 festivals. And so we're definitely going to get into a bunch. <laughs> like, I nice. think we're right now, we we're we're playing at about 10 or 11. We've only heard back from about 30. So, so that's a good ratio. So, Is this, uh, mainly in the Louisiana area or, oh, 
all oh, over? Oh, no, 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 no. All over. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, totally. I think we, our, our premiere was in Ecuador. Oh, wow. Uh, like some little bitty festival in Ecuador. And so, uh, so yeah, no, it's playing all over the place. Um, Utah and Michigan and Massachusetts and oh, yeah, wow. everywhere. So sweet. That's awesome. Yep. 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 And also, do you want to give the people your Instagram so they can see that sweet art? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's Joe Badon art. J O E B A D O N A R T. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. And you can go to my blog, joebadon.blogspot.com. I haven't updated it in like six months, but you know, that's where my art is as well. And you can just friend me on Facebook, Joe Badon, if you look that up. Cool. So. Awesome. Awesome. Add them up, people. Swarm them. Get them. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, cool. people. You can check out our brand new website at AmericanSlackerPodcast.com. It'll also have uh, the links to uh, all of the uh, social media, the Facebook, Twitter, the YouTube, Instagram. And it has all the episodes up there, along with some sweet American Slacker per- uh, merch if you're looking for some. You can also send us an email at AmericanSlackerPodcast.com. Join the uh, Facebook group and give us the old five stars on iTunes and tell a friend about the show. Make another slacker. That's what we always like to say. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Joe, for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Dude, this was fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. I really had fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man, and the honor was all ours. And, and uh, we'll uh, back on your, after the festival run. Or or your second movie. I'm looking or, forward yeah. When I make my second movie, I'm definitely going to send it to you guys. Sweet. Oh, definitely do, man. Definitely Can't do. Awesome. All righty, people. We love everyone for tuning in. And uh, until next time, that's it. There you go.